What is the most used man-made material on earth? You guessed right, it's concrete. Look around, it's everywhere. Sidewalks, driveways, foundations, floors you stand on, and even entire buildings are made out of concrete. So why don't we discuss it more? In each episode of Concrete Logic, we will explore one concrete-related topic with the help from industry professionals that are shaping the future of the trade. We'll talk with suppliers, contractors, architects, engineers, specialists, and even some proponents of competing materials about their views of concrete and their vision of its future. And welcome to another episode of the Concrete Logic Podcast. Uh, today, I have Joe Shetterly with uh, Specification Products. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some some finishers, maybe, and maybe uh, a product or two and how, how, we, how it helps out finishers. Uh, Joe, can you tell a little bit about yourself and, and your company? Yes, uh, Seth, thanks for having me on. Um, by the way, I always like to talk concrete um, and talk about the industry. Uh, it's one of my passions in life. Um, so the origins of specification products started about seven years ago, and it wasn't started looking for a solution in concrete. It was actually looking for a solution for my daughter's future. Uh, my daughter has mild mental retardation and autism. And uh, the concrete industry, as we all well know, sometimes uh, can be hard to make extra money in it uh, to facilitate some of those extra needs within the family. So that's how E5 originally started, by looking for a solution for my family, uh, and it kind of evolved into what it is today. Um, so E5 is a nano-silica product, uh, and it was designed and built for the finisher. Uh, I decided when this company started and to flourish, it was to at least respect and honor my daughter and be truthful in everything we do. Um, because without truth, what do we have? All we have is, is, is lies and manipulations, and we don't know what's right or what's wrong. So this chemical and this company is built for the finisher in mind, first and foremost, uh, to tell him the truth. And I've been manipulated in my finishing career, and my finishing career is over 35 years. I'm a third-generation finisher, um, and we've got the fourth generation that is now starting. Uh, so E5, as it's built for the finisher, most chemical companies we deal with today are built around what? Dollars and cents. They never really look into the research and develop and say, how is this going to affect the guy on the come along, on the strikeout board, on the laser screen, on the vibrator, on whatever mechanism he's using to place the concrete? They don't think like that. They think, I need to get this out the door, sell it, make my margins, move on, they go to bed. But unfortunately, the concrete finisher becomes the lab rat. And he's out there stuck out in overtime and paying for what they didn't ask a question to. My goal with E5 was to bridge those gaps. And if the product allowed me to bridge that gap and bring the industry together by getting the opinion of the people in the field to the lab and the books and bring all that together, we have a better outcome for the guy that's placing the concrete. Because at the end of the day, none of this gets done without that guy. And if he can't do his job, the owner doesn't get a good product, and no one's getting paid. So E5 is built for the finisher, and I wanted products in the industry that help the finisher, not so much the bottom line all the time. That's the origin right. of E5. Yeah, so you were, you were a finisher for decades, 
and you were having issues and problems. We, we, we cheated. We, we talked a lot before we started recording. So, okay. I got a lot of background. Uh, but, uh, so you, you were in, the, uh, you, uh, were a finisher for decades. You were having issues with, uh, uh, concrete that was showing up on your job and you, you had no control over it. And then you were saying too, that, uh, um, with the uh, engineers and their designs and taking water out of concrete and things like that, you were, you were saying, Hey, you know, if you don't put the, con- if you don't put water in the concrete, the water's going to find the concrete at some point. And it, you know, uh, what you mean is on the job, if the guys are having issues with it, they're going to add water to it. Um, it or, to make it happen to make, you know, um, so, in a, I guess a weird twisting story, you kind of ran into this product and, uh, and found that after using it, that you were having great results. Um, so I guess, could you talk about what it is? Like, what is the makeup of E5? I, I guess as much as you can share with us and, yeah. um, what it is so we can understand, like, is it taking the place of something in the mix or is it a, a true ad mixture where you're adding it? Um, what, what is it? Okay. So I'll start first of all with E5 internal cure, uh, which is my first baby. I always call it my baby because it was developed in the field, not in the lab. We, we basically took it straight into the field. Uh, as a matter of fact, our first commercial job with this without any data was a 1 million square foot parking garage straight out of the gate. It replaced all wet cure. They did not wet cure that entire job, and we also was able to reduce the DCI in half. Well, that that right there is a win right off the bat for the finishers uh, because they're not dealing with such an explosive mix. Um, and the reason why that works is because the nanosilica particles have been designed to make water heavier. So when it's in the mix, the water becomes heavy, and it stays in place instead of out of place. So when the waters and sands uh, get in position, you get bleed water. Well, that bleed water, we don't bleed. We capture that bleed and keep it in the mix for the finisher to finish, but also better hydration. So, therefore, it in, it cures inside out. And then we don't get the jelly finishes. We have less crazing. We have less cracking. We have less shrinkage because the volume change is not the same. And that came through a, a, a lot of... <laughs> Well, I'll just put it to you, 100,000 yards worth of testing out in the middle of, of job sites uh, for over a year to figure all this out. Uh, and then we launched it in 2017 on that parking garage. And that contractor to this day doesn't do any parking garage or anything without the internal cure because he saves time and money on his cure. He's not having to worry about in the winter or the temperatures. He can always pour uh, and move on. Uh, the reason we got rid of the DCI is because as you get better hydration, more CH gel forming, it closes those capillaries off to where the contaminants can't get in. So therefore, we don't, we, and we had less cracking, so that reduced why we didn't need so much DCI. Now, we do have some projects uh, here now that we eliminate the DCI. We don't even wow. need it. Uh, so now that, that becomes a better mix for the finisher. We're not dealing with an explosive mix. Uh, we've also been able to reduce the use of high-range water reducers, where we're cutting those in half because nanosilica particles, when water's present, all chemicals can become more efficient. See, that's the thing engineers and everybody are, are, are not putting together. 
they're still stuck at a 125-year-old wall. Duff Abrams said, here's the water-cement ratio, boom, done, go by it. Well, that's 125 years ago. The cement was a little different when he was playing with versus what I'm doing today. My finances are different. So they're still being dictating, you and I, as finishers, by a 125-year-old law, and we're sitting here going, hey, our cements are finer, our chemicals are more explosive, and we need water. And just like you said and we talked about before the show, hey, you don't give me water. By God, it's going to find its way on there some way, and you might not like the way it gets there. And sometimes mm-hmm. you'll never know, Mr. Engineer. And they don't like that thought process, but it's the truth. Give us a little water in these types of technologies, and you'll get a better product every day. Most engineers, um, I've always asked them, I said, when you put a mixed design together and you pass it, goes through bidding process, and um, you guys, Baker, or someone gets these projects, you can guarantee one thing. I asked an engineer, I said, have you ever finished your own mix? You ever put a come along on the ground? You ever struck it off? You ever done steel trial? You ever broomed it? No, they don't know that. And I said, so how do you know it's going to work for that guy? Who's really the expert? It's really that guy that knows how to do it. You might want to ask him how he gives you your product. Be a brilliant idea, actually. If they would yeah. actually listen to us every once in a while, everything would get a lot better. That's for sure. So, or when they're at engineering school, one of the classes is finishing concrete. That'd be good. Yeah, that would be awesome. Just hey, yeah. give me a week's with you, just, and you'll understand. I guarantee you the mix designs change a whole lot different than what we're used to messing with. Yeah. Uh, so a couple things that we got to keep in mind. So not everybody uh, knows what DCI is. Can you explain what that is? It's a corrosion inhibitor. It helps uh, prevent corrosion when there's cracks in water. Um that penetrates down in through there. So uh, it's it to me, it's like a fast accelerator. It's like having uh, calcium chloride in the mix uh, at a very high dosage rate sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So chemically, yeah, it acts like that. When uh, you put it in concrete, uh, a concrete mix, it does make it set faster, it seems like. Um, that's the biggest complaint I've heard from finishers in the past. So, yeah, most of the time, uh, and I shared with Joe and I've shared with folks on this show before, I'm a big parking garage nerd, but in every parking garage, most, I don't think I've done a parking garage, but every one of them specified the DCI for the corrosion inhibitor because their uh, parking garages are exposed to all the elements. Uh, yep. So, and uh, um, in cold climates, they love putting salt and all kinds of things on there to get the ice off. Uh, the parking garages, so that's why the engineers uh, specify that. So, so we answered that, and then the other thing, uh, Joe, how did you convince? What kind of tests or what did you do to get that first engineer to allow this on the job? That 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 million square foot parking garage. What 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 did you all do to convince okay, them so- that hey, the DCI we can cut in half. And we don't. And the big thing for me is uh, no cure. So there was no chemical cure, no wet cure, none of that. No, none, zero. Uh, Yeah. So so how did you convince him? Well, I've got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, Wilhelm Construction here in Indianapolis, Indiana, was the one that took the risk. And they said, we'll sign off on it. They even told the engineer, we'll take responsibility for it. Because we know what we have to get done, and we know it works because we believe Joe. We know who he is. We know what he does, and it is the truth. And that's – the engineer was kind of like, okay, you guys are at risk for it. And you know what? 
that job went flawless. Um, and it's been, and I will tell you a story about that project. I'm not going to mention where it's at, but I'll tell you a story about this. There was a section of that parking garage that goes up the ramp and into the main part body of that. And I got a call from them and they said, hey, there's a problem. The ready mix producer forgot to put air in. Uh-oh, that's not good. Well, at first I thought it was something. It was my product doing this something wrong. He goes, no, they literally forgot to dose the first 6,000 square foot with air going up the ramp. And I said, well, that sucks. He goes, Joe, do you have any, any, what we can do? We don't want to tear it out. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. I'll give you a five-year warranty on that because I don't believe I really need air. Because if the science is true, then I close the capillaries off. The water cannot bring down the contaminants into those capillaries and combined with the calcium hydroxide to cause that expansion. I believe the product works that well. And, um, okay, so I, I warrantied that 6,000 square foot on my risk, my risk, my insurance company, and said I'll take care of it within five years if it scales, delaminates, or, or whatever happens. I'll do it because I want to know. And I signed off on it, and that was five years ago last March. And guess what? Still there. Nice. It's just as good as the rest of the product. See, this is, these technologies that are nano are doing something much more than, than, than we can see. It's all about the cement paste. If you can think about E5 and the nanoparticles, they really build a candy shell around the cement particle, like an M&M. That's what they're doing. And that helps protect that cement. Now, the question is, how long does that candy shell last around that cement? Well, I don't know that answer, and I've I've spent countless hours with researchers asking that same question, and they, they come to the same conclusion. This is new. We've not studied this in length. We don't know how long it lasts. Well, I said, well, obviously it lasts longer than five years, so we must be doing something right. So at the end of the day, the tangible evidence is always in the field. How is it performing? How is it holding up? It did great. So that led me to do an extensive research program uh, with Dr. Luna Liu at Purdue University. And I've spent the last four years with her, and she's been running this through the gauntlet pretty heavy. Um, it's been vetted probably extremely hard because I looked at it uh, from a finisher's perspective. Like, y'all selling me snake oil? No, you're not. I want to know what this is. And, and, yeah, might be a product, but at the end of the day, I don't want a snake oil. I've seen enough of those in my life, and that's why this is much different. It's built from a finisher's aspect because I know what risk is. I know what we risk every day, uh, and I don't like risk. Uh, I want to get paid, and I want to go home. Mm -hmm. And these, yeah. these, these particles, these nanomaterials um, help us do that. Yeah, and uh, so with that garage um, – guess it'd be fair to ask so there's mm -hmm. no no chemical cure no wet cure we're talking about your internal cured uh <laughs> e5 uh yeah. it as far as uh was there anything special with the uh um sealer or anything with that garage any no, there's no uh, sealer it's just internal cure there is no uh, sealer no silane sealer on the deck for, for waterproofing nope. or anything wow nope. Zero. so you're getting rid of that you're getting rid of sealer. You're getting rid of cure, and we're getting rid of a lot of uh, DCI. Yeah, 
Do you need the DCI, you think? No. No, you do not. And actually, I provide, and, and, and for, for the parking garage contractors, I even offer, I say, you take the DCI and I'll give you a seven-year warranty, too, for corrosion. Wow. Whatever you need. Because you don't need these, you don't need these other materials. One thing I, 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 want, I want concrete finishers to understand, that you're sold chemicals every day, not because they work, it's because someone's bottom line needs to move. End of story. I've been in mm-hmm. that. I, I mean, I was there. Everybody was trying to sell me something. But in the day when I would go try them in the field, whether I'm pouring 1,100 yards, 1,200 yards, I'm like, this ain't working like you say. And I'm still standing out here arguing over a crack, over curling, over crusting, over this or that, slump change. And I'm like, you guys said this would all work. So why doesn't it work? Well, it worked in the lab. Well, that's your first mistake. <laughs> no one really took it to the field. Well, great. Awesome. I mean, I'm glad it works in a 70-degree climate. I said, next time, maybe turn the water sprinklers on and see how it works in the rain. Then maybe we'll have a better assessment of the field. But that's what's wrong. Our finishers need to kind of speak up for themselves and say, hey, time out. We want better mixes, man. Our bodies are only going to last. We have a 30-year range on our bodies as concrete finishers. And we need to be paid pretty good for that 30 years because once our backs go out, man, there (laughs) there is no go get another back. Uh, so we need to make our money now, and necessarily we're not making money for standing there arguing over risk. Yeah, yeah, that seems like uh, a no-brainer if it does all those things you say it does. So on your on, are you doing warranties on all the jobs that you're doing? To yeah, most, I mean, most, now now to be honest with you, Seth, we we expecting more parking garages around here, and no one even we just go about our business now. It's We've kind of broke that ice now, and everybody's kind of like, well, this is the real deal. It's even like right now we've broke into the DOT world because they heard the success we were having on parking garages. Well, you know, bridge decks kind of go through the same thing as the post-tension decks. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not, I wasn't DOT, you know, excited because those guys, we live in a box. They really live in a box sometimes. Like, this, their box is really small. And I understand yeah. that. I couldn't imagine all the calls they get every day uh, from people wanting them to try something. I mean, I would have to shut my doors too. I mean, I know Baker probably gets calls from every snake oil salesman there is. And it's like, dude, after a while, you don't believe nobody at the end of the day. Uh, So now we're, we've moved into the DOT world. They called me, asked us about the success of E5 in the commercial world. And I said, well, um, I can meet you. So I met them in 2020 and I thought, this ain't going to go far because they're not going to be used to our, our world, the commercial world, uh, our, our vertical or anything like that. They're not going to be used to that pace. So I met them, explained to them what E5 was, and they said, well, we'd like to try it because we're hearing that you're getting wet of wet cure, and we want to move away from wet cure on our bridge decks because no one's doing it properly. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. So I kind of blew it off. And then all of a sudden I get a call a month later. They go, hey, we want to try this in a bridge. I'm like, Okay. So we tried it in one bridge in June of 2020, and that, they were only going to do five. They were, we'll let it go to five. Well, no, that went to 27 in the first six months. And then the next year, we went to 80. And to this year, I'm almost 200. Oh, wow. And all these bridges do not receive wet cure. Wow. So, and, yeah, it, and to explain it, what wet, wet cure is, is essentially you're taking burlap or some kind of blanket yep. and you're wetting it down and you're keeping it wet for 
uh, you know, depending on what the specs say, seven day, four, uh, is, it, is there up to 14 day? I don't know. I'm yeah, actually, I think, sure. some of your neighbors, I think some of your neighbors' DOTs, I know Pennsylvania's 14 days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there, there's some. <laughs> so it's a big pain in the butt because you got to lay these blankets down or the burlap or whatever material you're using. There's some products out there. I'm not going to yeah. name any products, but there's products out there, and uh, you got to keep them wet. That's the the the. the it is the right way to cure concrete, though, it, it versus a chemical cure because a chemical cure – uh, I think we just do it to make check a box because that's all <laughs> I think we're doing, right? Check a box, check in a box. But uh, wet cure always gives a superior product, um, in my opinion. Uh, so, but it like like I said, the the times I've done it, uh, it is a big pain in the butt. It's, there's a lot of cost there with water and labor to move all that. Uh, the the material around uh, to keep the concrete wet. So if you can imagine, if you've never done that before, uh, yeah, you're just carrying, <laughs> you're literally dragging wet blankets around the, <laughs> the, the, yeah. the whatever concrete surface you're you're supposed to cure. And depending who the, who the client is too, man, they can really get on you about where you you need to cure. I mean, I've been on a job where the as soon as the formwork underneath the parking uh, parking deck was pulled. They wanted that cured under there. And so oh. it, the only way to do that is chemical cure. You're not going to wet cure. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So this, uh, Joe, it sounds too good to be true, to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, as someone that's uh, been a finisher, uh, you would you would know and that you're putting your neck on the line, um, definitely when you're putting a warranty on the on the product. So where, uh, so you're 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 seeing you you're seeing it used obviously used in parking uh, parking garages. You used it in, on the bridges. Where where else have you seen this used? Or you're trying to use it? That's uh, ideal. Uh, so we have great success in what we call I call hospitals moisture mitigation systems. This will actually replace the moisture mitigation system parts of this, where you don't have to use those uh, type of products. Um, cause I've been in that, that arena too, as a concrete finisher and a business owner at the same time. Um, so like hospitals and schools and retail, um, there is not an application in concrete. We have yet put this in, or we are being continued to use in those applications. Um, because at the end of the day, statistically, no one's really curing their concrete. They have it for a long time. And our concrete problems are escalating at a, a record pace. Well, that's why these businesses are all starting to figure out why there's concrete problems. I've always said, if you get a room full of people around a table and there's some of the most brilliant minds in concrete, are they not smart enough to figure out we got a lot of issues and why we keep having more issues if they're the smartest guys in the room? Like, why haven't you figured this out? And a lot of it is we're getting rid of water. We need water in our mixes. We don't need chemically enhanced concrete. We're, we need water. And that doesn't mean we go overboard with water. Problem is, we go under with water. We start off with not enough, and we start off in an endogenous state. Already, the concrete's not got enough water. It's going to crack anyways because it doesn't have enough. Uh, it's like your dehydration of your body. You don't get enough water, what happens? You know, every, yeah. Skin gets dry, everything else. Concrete's the same way. So... At the end of the day, 
I just want to develop things that work at, for the finishers. How do we control water? That's the actual problem. Solving how do you control water. Once you control water and concrete, everything else becomes simple. It becomes very simple. Um, yeah. It's so, really uh, that simple. Yeah. So, uh, and, um, so is there no other um, um, change to the mix other than adding this E5, the internal cure to it? You're just doing a standard mix, um, nothing – Nothing else changes. Concrete, what I used to say, I, we're going back to <laughs> vanilla concrete. It's like, so most of the mixes now, when we're working with them, we'll work with the producers. We work with the finishers. We work with them companies. And that's the mm -hmm. other part. E5 is just not a chemical as a product. The product comes with the chemical, but the big product is the expertise, the passion to want to do it right, working with people, educating people, not just on our stuff, but on everything. I want to educate people what they're putting in your concrete. Hey, do you know what a polycoboxylate does? Do you know what a lignin does? Do you want to know what a melamine does? Do you want to know what a retarder or a hydration stabilizer? Do you know all those things can work against each other if you got them all in? That's, yeah. the, that's what I call a good product. It's all well-rounded. We're not afraid to educate on other products. Whether I don't get the sell or not, our industry needs help. It's dying. No one wants to help because I'm not making a dollar at it, so I'm not helping. No, that's wrong. We all need to help each other, and that's that's my approach with E5. I just yeah. want the industry to develop to be good. What kid at 18-year-old says, hey, I want to put a hard hat on, I want to strike off four-inch lump concrete, and I want someone yelling at me, I need that done in six hours with a sticky mix. Sorry, man, it is not going to be very good for them. They don't like it, and it's not appetizing to them. They'll go work at the fast food restaurant. So why right. not? get everybody together and say, how do we make this appetizing to our future? Concrete's the number one used substance in the world, and our labor force is dying. Yeah. Yeah, that's an understatement. It's <laughs> it's going. Uh, the, uh, you, you, made, you mentioned uh, slump. So the slump, any change in slump when you add to it? No? Actually, you can run the slumps up to six, seven inch without a mid-range. Okay. And uh, for the guys that like to put uh, super plasticizer mm -hmm. in in there for, for pumpability, have you seen any changes in that? Like, do, do you still do you still need it? Uh, I mean, if it controls the water, I, I guess my ignorant thought would nope, be, do you need it? Right right, you're already yeah. on the right path. You don't need it. Yeah, because when you're controlling water and you're wrapping it around – and this is such a deep dive into chemistry and to just the basics of concrete. Water is a natural surfactant. And the more we can keep in the mix and, uh, uh, and allowed to keep in there, everything gets better. It flows better. It stays better together. Um, nanoparticles, E5, the particles itself makes the mix more cohesive. So when the rocks and sand are more covered with the cement and it's not segregated, everything flows better. And operates better. So I've had people, yeah. and this ain't me, and I would never advertise it like this. I'm like, no, dude, you're, it's just internal cure. That's what I'm doing. He goes, man, this works great for me as a, a viscosity modifier. And I'm like, okay, it works for you that way, but it might not work that way for someone else. But I'm glad it's working for you that way. I don't advertise it that way. But what he's explaining is 
let the mix more cohesive so he's having less problems when he's pumping. Yeah. So you just got to keep the water. I call it, you need it. It's not sticky because I don't like to use that term sticky to concrete finishers because a lot of times they'll think sticky is not a good thing. And a lot of stickiness problems concrete finishers have in the industry are not, they're from the mid ranges and they're from the supers because they are sticky. That's what's making your concrete sticky. E5 can come in there and help reduce that dosage rate of those products. Still make it as effective as the same amount you would have, but there's no stickiness. That stuff goes away. So there's a lot you can do. Like I said, you're tailoring it back to vanilla concrete. We're just pulling it back to become concrete finishers again, not chemical. Yeah. Huh. What's the biggest roadblock you've run against when you're introducing this to folks? (laughs) um i'll say it's the it's really the lack of education it's the lack of education just about concrete um like i said seven years ago eight years ago when i was running the company um and i was running a business and the only thing i worried about was my jobs and i didn't see outside of the industry um the lack of education, because I didn't understand what my ready mix producer went went through when I changed my order. I tell finishers now, I said, hey, man, I had to go back and apologize to my ready mix company for being a jerk when he was late. And I said, or I had to move my concrete an hour. That really was on me when he didn't show up when I needed it because I moved the order. Mm-hmm. If you go watch the ready mix producer, how he's got to do, and you back him up an hour, you just didn't back him up. You backed up 18, 19 customers. He's mm-hmm. trying to get to you. And I had to go back and eat a lot of crow and say, hey, I apologize. So now how can I be a better servant in that to my partner, which is my ready mix company? How do I become a better partner? That's how we got to start looking at it. When you're in the field, your ready mix company is your partner. He's just not your supplier. He's your partner. He's your teammate. Yeah. Look at it as football. we got 11 men in the huddle. Everybody's got to operate and move to get to the end zone. So for my job to be successful – I need to make sure my team is well communicated to. So, Mr. Ready Mix Producer, I do apologize for not uh, being on my time. So, if you back this up an hour, I understand you're going to be late because that's on me. That's on me. So, I had to go back and apologize for a lot. That's, that's the hurdle is educating the industry that, hey, just because you try something new, it's not always the new thing that's the problem. It's really the old things is the problem. You just chose not to remove the old thing to let the new thing work. Yeah. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, I would think now that you got the DOT folks behind you and you got data on that, that the uh, structural engineers out there, if you fed them that data, I mean, that probably will convince them to uh, specify it or give it a try on their uh, on their projects. Because if yeah. they think if the go- if it's good enough for the government, <laughs> it's good enough. Yeah. It's good enough for their project, I guess, is the thought. But uh, well, I and think this are, is a good. Go ahead. You're you're correct, Seth. By getting into bridges has has opened more doors, but those doors have opened for more education. And you know we're in Ohio now. I'm actually working real close to your all state right now at the DOT uh, down there in Virginia and West Virginia. Oh, nice. So yeah, they spend a lot of money down here, Virginia DOT. <laughs> it's a good people to talk to. <laughs> yep. So good. Yeah, that's great. 
Uh, I think that's a good spot for us to uh, leave off today. I know you got to run to an appointment. Uh, yep. If Joe, if we want to learn more uh, about um, E5 and, and your company, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, the website is www.specificationproducts.com or you can call my cell phone, 317-440-1157. Yeah, and uh, I'll share the uh, website and Joe's email, Joe, if that's all right, on our uh, yeah on our notes um, that we send out to everybody. And then we'll post this on LinkedIn, as always. Joe, yep. I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, really uh, admire what you're doing. It's, uh, it sounds awesome. Hopefully, we'll get to try it soon. But uh, thanks again for coming on. All right. Thanks, Seth. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining us for another Concrete Logic podcast episode. If you got some value out of this or you enjoyed it, please share it with others. And if you could take a moment and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast listing app, I would appreciate it. We will uh, catch you on the next episode. And now Mike Dutton's going to take us out. Put some diesel in the lights and wait till the trucks roll up And this ain't how most folks live their lives Dripping in sweat, working overtime But while they're tying their ties for their nine to fives We're out here changing these skylines with Working hard to get